Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونسلي على رسوله الكريم شدوا لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته nationalism is an evil and it is an evil that has blighted human history and it is an evil that demonizes the other in order to legitimize the us. And it is predicated on a mantra that we are better than them. The mantra of none other than Iblis himself. Nationalism is a cancer which has blighted human societies. And the nationalism is an evil which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ دَعَى إِلَىٰ Anyone who calls for it is not one of us. And he also said دَعُوهَا فَإِنَّهَا مُنْتِنَا Leave it! Leave it! It is rotten! But you know this evil lives on in human society. From the time of Iblis, through the European empires that colonized the other, that enslaved the other, through fascism and Nazism of the last century, to Hindutva and Zionism of today. The borders. That Islam came to remove, and it did remove, have returned back to the Muslim world. And we are told to love these borders. And they have turned human beings into animals. And people are told to love these borders and hate the foreigners and hate the immigrants that want to live in our cages that we call countries. And we see day in and day out the evil that nationalism inflicts on human societies. We see the destruction of homes and families. We see the destruction or the displacement of millions of people around the world and the slaughter of thousands of people around the world in the name of nationalism. And this cancer, this is the same cancer that renders the so-called rulers of the Muslim world as impotent. They see what we see. They hear what we hear. They witness what we witness. And they do nothing. 
because of nationalism. And they say, the Rohingyas are not my problem. The Muslims in India are not my problem. The Uyghurs, the Palestinians, the Kashmiris, they are not my problem. Because I am the leader of Pakistan and the Pakistanis. I am the leader of Turkey and the Turkish people. I am the leader of Egypt and the Egyptians. We are affected twice by nationalism. One, because of the brutality it inflicts on people. And two, due to the humiliation of the inaction of those people that can do something. But before I go into some examples with you, I want you to be very clear in your minds about one thing. Hindutva and Zionism has got very little to do with religion. Hindutva and Zionism is born out of nationalism, not religion. And nationalism is born out of the pride in one's ethnicity or one's geography. It has got nothing to do with religion. The founder of Hindutva was an atheist. And he was motivated by the hatred of Islam and the hatred of the Khilafat movement in India in 1923. The founder of Zionism was secular. They were not religious people rooted in religion. But both of them have much in common, like their basis. Zionism and Hindutva have much in common. Their aims, their objectives, their mode of operation are the same. They both bulldoze houses. They both arrest, kill men, women and children. And they both have a two-tier justice system, a two-tier citizenship and a two-faced political system. Nationalism has got nothing to unite people with. Nothing. They don't have a creed. They don't have values and they don't have systems. They can only unite by fear and hatred of the other to give themselves some kind of legitimacy and some kind of identity. And this affects, this fear and this hatred affects people every day. And we see it from Al-Hind to Al-Quds and beyond. How? How does it affect us? You know, Muslim girls in India and in Palestine and even in Europe cannot go to school without being harassed, if not worse. Did we not see Bibi Maskan Khan stand up to the Hindutva mobs that obstruct Muslim girls going to schools and colleges in India? Do we not see the Zionist army shoot dead Muslim girls coming from school claiming that they've got weapons in their Islamic clothing. Even some European countries are now obstructing Muslim girls from attending school whilst wearing their Islamic attire. And this is because, this is because the hijab is seen as something foreign. It is seen as something foreign. And nationalism always views Islam as foreign. It doesn't matter if you're in the East, it doesn't matter if you're in the West. 
it doesn't even matter if you are native to that land and you've lived there and your people have lived there for thousands of years if you identify with Islam you are a foreigner so how does this fear and hatred affect us? how does this fear and hatred affect us? children are targeted and executed in front of the world's media for the entire world to see and nothing happens have we forgotten about Muhammad al-Duran the 12 year old boy who was cowering behind his father when the Zionist army unleashed a volley of bullets and killed him live in front of the camera for the entire world to witness did we not see Aylan Kurdi a little baby drowned at sea washed ashore on a beach dead for the entire world to witness for the cameras to record the killing of innocent children and the drowning of innocent babies that get washed upon ashore to coin the phrase or the words of Madeleine Albright this is a price nationalism is prepared to pay in order to maintain their cages to protect themselves from so-called foreigners this is the price nationalism is prepared to pay and these events are so frequent that we forget the names and places as the news cycle moves on from one horror to another so how does this fear and hatred affect us in both India and occupied Palestine professionals journalists medics are shot in broad daylight in front of the world's camera and nothing happens did we not just see recently Shirin Abu Akhla a journalist from Al Jazeera shot live on camera for the world to witness did we not see sister Razan Al-Najjar a young 21 year old sister dressed in a white medical coat not protesting not armed helping the injured she even had her hands in the air she was shot dead in front of the world's cameras for the entire world to witness these are not statistics these are not some distant images and these are not just mere words in a newspaper article these are real people real people with the same hope and aspirations you and I have for life the same people that they love people and they are loved by people like we are but their lives were cut short because of nationalism and you know we feel this we may not be indian or palestinian but we feel this because we are one ummah we are one ummah and the fake nation states don't identify us the color of my skin doesn't identify me 
The color of my skin doesn't define who we are. The color of the flag of the land I was born in doesn't define who we are. We are defined by the color of Allah, Sibghatullah. And Allah says in the Quran, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ مِنَ اللَّهِ سِبْغَةً And who is better than coloring you than Allah? Who is better than coloring you than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So let me now bring to your attention a couple of stories just to highlight what is going on. In India, there's a state called Uttar Pradesh, or commonly referred to as UP state. It is steep in Islamic history. In Uttar Pradesh, there is Saharanpur, there is Deoband, there is Bareilly, there is even Agra, the home of the Taj Mahal. It is a land steeped in Islamic history. And here, Anwar Ali lives or used to live and in his local school was appointed a new head a new teacher and his name was Rawinder Kharwa and he was the member of the RSS and RSS is an organization which likes to see itself model on Hitler's Nazi party and they like to inflict on the Muslims what Hitler inflicted to the Jews and that is their model. So this man started to spread Islamic hatred and divide people. And he started to attack Muslim sites. And Anwar Ali would repeatedly go and defend these sites. And he would call the police. And this repeatedly happened. And on one occasion, the mob turned on him and killed him in broad daylight. Dead. The teacher, Ravinder Kharwa, wasn't even arrested. But 18 other people were arrested. And 18 other people were released. That was three years ago. And there's still no justice. Because nationalism gives you a two-tier justice system, two-tier citizenship, and a two-faced political order. The Muslims in India cannot rely on the courts. They can't rely on the government. Just like the Palestinians cannot rely on the Zionist army or the Zionist occupation government for justice. And they can't even rely on the international institutions or the international bodies or the international community because they are the ones that uphold this nation-state world order. And they are happy to ally themselves with these countries. Recently, in the news, we saw a young boy, 15 years old, get shot. His father was just a poor laborer, a poor laborer. And he was married to Nigat Parveen. And Mudassar was their only son. He was their only child and their only son. He was 15 years old and he was their pride and joy. And he brought joy and happiness to their otherwise mundane life. But Mudassar, from their family's point of view, from a mother's point of view and a father's point of view, was their hope and their future. 
Mudassar was their hope and their future. And Mudassar would say repeatedly to his mother, okay, I'm going to be big. I'm going to achieve. I'm going to do something really good. That Friday, they went and they had a meager food stall. They moved it out of the way because they had a demonstration against the BJP for insulting the Prophet. Nearby temple, some Hindus, Hindu, uh, Hindutva supporters with AK-47s locked sight on Mudassar. Mudassar raised his hand and he said, Islam Zindabad. They shot him dead. Mudassar fell down dead. The hopes and the aspirations and the future of Alam and Nigat dead. The dreams and the futures of their parents died. And Mudassar's mother picked up his exam results. He got five A stars out of his six exams. And he said to his mother, I'm going to achieve big in life. And indeed, he achieved big. Indeed, he achieved big. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recalled him back as a shaheed and crowned him as a shaheed for trying to defend the honor of the Prophet sallallahu And I could tell you the story of Afrin, Fatima, whose house was bulldozed, just like the way the Zionist bulldoze houses. 20 years she lived in a house and they bulldozed it. They arrested the mother, the father and her sisters. None of the other houses were bulldozed. She lived in that house for 20 plus years and they bulldozed it. They hadn't committed a crime. And there is no provision in Indian law to demolish the house of a criminal, criminal, let alone somebody who's been accused. The mother, father and sisters were arrested. There was no charges leveled against them. But the house was bulldozed. Why? Because Afreen became prominent in protesting against the BJP laws that made Muslims stateless. Two million Muslims in the state of Assam were be rendered stateless because of this new law. And they wanted to apply this to the whole of India. So no, is, no one is under any illusion that, what a, that the bulldozing of the house was to send a clear message to the Muslims that you will not oppose the Hindutva agenda for India. You will accept that you are second-rate citizens with second-rate justice. And if you don't like it, then we are happy to kill you and remove you. And Hindutva was a fringe idea. But it's the West that fame, uh, 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 fanned the flames to make it prominent. In 2002, when Modi was appointed the governor, the, the chief minister of Gujarat, America declares its war on terror. Modi jumped on the bandwagon and four weeks of free-for-all slaughter ensued in Gujarat. The police watched, the authorities watched, the media watched. 1,000 people were slaughtered in that four weeks. Women were gang raped in broad daylight. Women were burnt alive in broad daylight for four weeks. And the world did nothing. And those people who did this were caught on camera celebrating, saying that Modi is our king. He is the Hindu Hride Samrat. He is the leader of our hearts. 
boastfully boasting that we killed them and we slaughtered them and we raped them. And India and the Muslims in, in India are no different to those occupied in Kashmir and those occupied in Palestine. So this gives rise to a two-faced political order. And just like, you know, just a few days ago was the anniversary of Srebrenica. Muslims living in Bosnia were killed and slaughtered by people with the same skin color, speaking the same language, who shared the same land. In India, Muslims are being killed by their neighbors who have the same skin color, speak the same language and share the same land because of this nationalism, which is an evil and it is always divisive and it is always full of hatred. Nationalism is an evil and it's always divisive and it is always destructive. And Britain injected this poison in the heart of the Muslim world to create the Zionist occupation state. And they did the same in India that gave rise to the Hindutva movement with their divide and rule policy. And this poison destroyed your Khilafah and this poison prevents its return. And we are strangers, even in the lands we are born in. Whether you are Palestinian, Indian, whether you are a Uyghur, whether you are Rohingya, whether you are Muslim living in Europe, because you don't identify with the color of your skin. You don't identify with the color of the flag of the land you were born in. You identify and color yourself with Sibghatullah, with the color of Allah. Islam can accommodate non-Muslims and we have accommodated Muslims. And the fact that the Jewish community exists, the fact that the Hindus exist, even though Muslims were a minority in India for a thousand years, is the proof that we can accommodate them and we can accommodate every human society. But nationalism can never, ever accommodate the Muslims because we don't identify with the skin color or the color of the flag. And Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, anhu said, بَدَعَ إِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا وَسَيَعُودُ كَمَا بَدَعَ غَرِيبًا فَتُوبُوا لِلْغُرَبًا Islam began as something strange and it will return as something strange. So blessed are the strangers. فَتُوبُوا لِلْغُرَبًا Fatubu lil ghuraba Fatubu lil ghuraba wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Thank you for listening to this podcast Podcasts on current events Islamic guidance Quran tafsir and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community Please subscribe Share and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.